Well, good morning, everyone. I know you haven't heard my voice in a very long time. Um, not only have we slowed the roll a little bit, you know, the great Natalie Borneo has been hosting for quite a while now, maybe uh, almost two years. Uh, but occasionally I pop on and, and connect with my audience and introduce to my audience these remarkable women that I have found um, their work to be so compelling. And I want to know more about them. I want to know their stories. So today's guest is one of those women. Her name is Lauren Tettenbaum. And Lauren, I want to welcome you to the show. I know you have lots of letters behind your name. We're going to talk about that, what they mean, and what compelled you to get those letters, and what do you do with them now? So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so lovely to connect. You bet. You bet. Well, why don't you, because I you know, it's with purpose and on purpose that I don't get to know the guests until the show. So folks, just like you, I'm going to learn everything I can about Lauren through this conversation. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, I will start with the letters behind my name, although they certainly do not define me as a person altogether. Um, the letters are LMSW, which stands for Licensed Master Social Worker, JD, which stands for Juris Doctor, which is my law degree, and PMHC, which means Certified in Perinatal Mental Health. And yeah, and so with all of those letters combined, um, I sound like a, a superhero <laughs> um, introduction, <Wow>. but thank you. <laughs> um, I like to think so that, like you, one of my missions is to empower other women. And I do think of all of those letters as a way to do so. I went to grad school simultaneously for my law and social work degrees. I always wanted to help women. I spent many years, a decade, actually in the legal industry, practicing immigration law, then working in the personnel departments, coaching, working parents, lawyers who were coming back from parental leave, managing pro bono programs. And when the pandemic happened, I realized that I, as a working mother, was very overwhelmed and I was privileged and I had resources and a literal mental health license and it was hard for me. So I chose to dedicate my work to helping other working moms, other women, and I pursued additional training in maternal mental health. Okay. Wow. 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 My head is spinning with, with <laughs> ideas that I want to present to you. I want to put you on stage. I want to, you know, help you write a book. If you haven't written one yet, I want to introduce you to people who need to know you. Um, actually where I'm headed today to go to work is um, women lawyers who mm -hmm. need coaches who need their, their people seeking the you. So I'm going to talk you up like mad. Um, what an incredibly accomplished and look, it, it's not like she said, it's not about the letters defining her. It's about the journey that 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 she took undertook to, to get those letters. And now you're you're using that to give back. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, I would I would imagine that makes you smile every day. But what literally makes you smile when you wake up in the morning? I know you said you're a mom. For me, that would have been it. Mine's at college now. So. <laughs> Sure. They still make you smile. Yes. Um, and also it's okay. I want to say it's okay if your kids don't make you smile when you get up in the morning because they're a lot of work and it's hard and you're not alone if you feel that. 
Um, I, I will say typically my, my kiddos do, they're little, they're three and a half and six and my husband goes to work early. So I am always the morning parent during the week. Um, and they have a habit of climbing into our beds in the middle of the night and say what you will about that, but we, we take it, we snuggle them up. Um, and they're like my little teenagers. I have to wake them up for school in the morning and we have breakfast together. And then I do that morning rush, get them out the door. And then I start my day, um, working. And I am very fortunate to also be able to say that my work makes me smile too. Oh, I love that. I love that. So when I was your age and I had a ch- one child, I had just have one. Um, I would say I'm equally a mom and a career woman. So, and it wasn't as well accepted back then. And I think, I don't know if it's well accepted or if we as women who feel that way have just learned to own it. I mean, your opinion is your business, not my business, right? So um, I love that, that, that you even kind of went there when you said your kids climb in bed with you and snuggle. I was that way too. Um, judge me all you might. That's fine. Right. I love it. I love it. You're so courageous and brave and you, you walk the walk. Um, what absolutely excites you right now at this stage in your personal life, professional life, whatever you want to talk about, what is most exciting to you right now? So I know that you feel similarly about what I'm about to say, and you just alluded to it, but it's working and connecting with other women who are being authentic. Um, I, my whole life, I, like I said, I was always dedicated to helping women, especially women who were less privileged, less fortunate. I've worked with a lot of refugees, women who were leaving domestic violence situations. Um, but everybody at every you know stage in their life can have problems and it's very important to share to find support to know that you're not alone and since i went into private practice in the past few years i have connected both on a personal and professional level with hundreds of women whether they're my clients or my friends and i have worked with them to be their authentic Selves. And I'll just tell some stories about my, my friends, my personal connections. Um, I have done, I've collaborated with women who have started their own businesses, whether that's in fashion, in marketing, in child experiences for children. Um, and seeing these women, whether they took a career pause or whether they just shifted altogether, or it is, you know, a quote unquote side project. Seeing them fulfill and go after their passions has been amazing to witness and to be a part of. And it's truly my privilege to be able to work with them in any way that I can and to support them. And it makes me very excited. I love that. You know, I'm grinning. Uh, folks, you all know this is audio only, but um, I'm grinning ear to ear. My cheeks are burning because she's <laughs> speaking my language. You know, if only more women would be that way. And I think it's changing. I think that we are speaking out against um, the old way, of, you know, of requiring women to mimic men in order to be successful, which is part of what leads to women hurting other women to hang on to that one spot for women at the top. We're creating more spots at the top and we're starting to lift other women up. I, I always say that women like you have, sh- you know, you have footprints on your shoulders, not from being a doormat, but from lifting other women, um, you know, up. So I love everything you just said. Um, I'm, I just have so many ideas just swirling <laughs> in my head. 
um I'm going to just say, you know, two years, let's see, two years from now, I'm going to put you on stage in San Diego. We have this huge women's event. I'm going to see you on stage. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, you are so amazing and inspirational. And I know you've done a lot of things. We'll get to that. Um, who inspired you? I was thinking about this question because I know you ask your guests it and it's it's a tough one to answer because so many people, of course, um, I will say that the people that have inspired me the most in my own life um, that I want to highlight today that I know personally, I should clarify, are my parents. Um, I was really very lucky. I'm the oldest of three and my parents really from a young age, my entire life instilled in me the drive to give back, to have empathy, to treat people with kindness. They, they never, you know, you have to treat no matter who you are, you have to treat people with kindness and respect. And my parents taught me that from a young age. And they also taught me that I, as a woman, could do anything. Um, I, I didn't, you know, have to take on certain roles just because society expected that of me. And I also should and could speak up for what was not fair. And I have carried those values with me throughout my life, which is partly why I went to law school and wanted to, you know, save the world. And, um, and then social work, my mom was a social worker. She went to grad school when I was in high school. So that was just amazing to see. And they really have raised me and continue to support me in giving back, in fighting for fairness, for equity, um, and in being authentic. I love that. I love that. So hooray and bravo to your parents, because I'm going to tell you a lot of us, well, I'm older than you by far. You could probably be my daughter, but your parents, um, that's pretty courageous because a lot of us are walking around having been raised by women who struggled and didn't know how to get out of that struggle, change the struggle. Some of them didn't even know they needed to or should. Right. So, wow. To be able to say it's your parents who inspired you most and here's why. And the why that you gave me was so powerful. That's incredible. That's incredible. I hope they listen to this later and they're, I know they're already proud of you, but you know, a little, uh, super duper proud of you for that. Uh, speaking of proud, um, what might have been your proudest professional accomplishment to date? Cause I know you have a long way to go. I have a lot of things I'm proud of. I would say bigger picture, it is betting on myself and trusting myself to launch my own practice, my own business. I didn't think I was an entrepreneur. I thought I liked, I do like stability and rules. I'm a rule follower. Um, but like we said earlier, you know, I, I fight for what's right and I'm, I don't back down. And when I experienced certain situations that I thought weren't right when it came to paid leave, when it came to flexibility as a working parent, when it came to pay equity, certain things. Um, I felt that I wasn't getting what I deserved. It wasn't the environments in which I wanted to be. And I said, you know what, maybe I just have to go out there and do it on my own. And I did it. Um, and I, I trusted myself and, while I've had different roles and a windy path, everything I've ever done has led me to here. So I'm very grateful and very proud of myself. 
I love that you mentioned the windy path. Mm -hmm. I meet with a lot of women and I think gone are the days where we revere the 15 years in the same position. Here's your gold watch, right? Mm -hmm. um, I love that you mentioned that. Some women are afraid of that and I get it because we that's part of this um, battle we are engaged in to fight for equity through inclusion mm -hmm. and not ding someone for having a unique and different career path. They bring so much um perspective that we don't have to the table when they have had different experiences. So I never used the phrase job hopper. I would look mm -hmm. at a woman and look at her path and say, wow, she brings experience from this, you know, realm or industry as well as that. And I always saw it as a, um, you know, gold star, not a red mark. So mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, a lot of women I talk to say, well, unfortunately, you know, it was a winding path. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, have you read my bio? Oh my God, right? So talk about the winding, uh, meandering country lane, right? Um, and it's never the express elevator to the top, right. right? That's a myth. That's a myth. So, and and it might be for the white male dominant group over 60 because they mm -hmm. make it that way. They have the secret code that they can push when they get in the elevator. Right. You don't have the codes. So we're going to, uh, you know, build a new elevator. Um, I love everything about you, your story. You're, you know what I think I love most is you have embraced what I try to impart on women. You can't teach women this. They have to come to this on their own. It is a self-love, a mm -hmm. self-respect. It is being um, confident, not cocky. It is being assertive. And hey, I'm okay if you're aggressive, right? But just be kind about it. Use your powers for good and not evil. So I love that you are that personified. Um, and you mentioned a lot of ways that you help women. That's my That's why I wake up in the morning. I know I have a son and he's the gift I'm giving to women. And, and I say this because he respects women. Having been raised by, uh, I used to be a single mom for eight mm -hmm. years. Uh, he knows to respect women. So there, there you go, ladies, you're welcome. So, um, you know, raise your sons to respect women, raise your, your daughters to respect themselves mm -hmm. first, right? If we love ourselves first, then and only then can others love us. So how do you think we can lift other women in business um, considering we think that's so important? Yes, um, in any way that you can. It's so important. And I work with women in individual therapy, in group support groups, in coaching, in, in my personal life um, to teach them to be assertive, to teach them to be unapologetically themselves. And it, of course, that's hard. And of course, it's hard. Sometimes I struggle too. You know, nobody um, is confident all the time. But if you stick with what's important to you in terms of your values and everything you do is in line with those values, you will feel fulfilled. And to your point about supporting others, community and sharing experiences is so important. And over the past couple of years, when we've literally been isolated from each other, it, it can be more important than ever to build connections, to have community and people can help each other in different ways, um, whether, you know, that's financially, practically, emotionally, whatever it is, you don't have to be all of the things all the time. But I think women should 
have empathy for each other just because maybe you were in a similar situation and handled it differently or had different circumstances doesn't mean that others will have the same path. So have empathy, think about what would be important to you, but also don't assume that the same thing is important to that person. Um, be open-minded. And like you said, be kind. That truly is the number one rule in my book. You know, you wrap that up. So kindness is such a beautiful bow, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You need to start with kindness. You need to end with kindness. And you have lots of, you know, pickle kindness in between, right? Um, I have to tell you of the 400 women I've interviewed, I've hired a few and you're someone I would hire, like for me. Right. Um, I, I am, uh, one of those women that, um, looks like she doesn't need help. So I don't have that kind of posse or, or, Mm -hmm. uh, team or, or support, uh, because I'm always the one other people come to for the help, but you, my friend are someone, I think that I could, you know, you're my jam, right? You're so, so sweet. Yeah, for sure. Of like the 400, and I've interviewed women of all ages, stages in their careers. That I mean, like JDs, MDs, PhDs, all the Ds, no Ds, right? There's <laughs> brilliant people without Ds. So um, I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't all wrapped in the bow of kindness. I'm sure there were some bumps along the way, mm-hmm. uh, especially since you ventured out on so many different paths. I always say there are many paths to the mountaintop. You've taken quite a few. Mm -hmm. Tell me, was there a challenge or setback that you overcame? And if you're comfortable sharing, tell us what it was and how you overcame it. Sure. So I will answer this by also giving a little plug for the book that we connected over, which I'm a contributing author for. It's called Women in Law, Defining Stories of Success. And we all gave our own stories of what it means to be successful and how that definition changed along the way. Um, I thought originally that success meant title and prestige and all of those kinds of things. And then when I realized that in order to have those things, I wasn't living in line with my values, I took a step away. And I want to acknowledge my privilege in being able to do that for a variety of reasons. Not everyone can, especially in the amount of time it took me to walk away. Um, But fortunately, I did have those privileges. And I did say to myself, well, I want to speak up for those who can't. And I, of course, struggle with feeling anxious, and I shouldn't say of course, I admit to feeling anxious and and having depressive symptoms sometimes and mental health issues. I said, of course, originally, because whatever the diagnosis may or may not be, everyone struggles sometimes. Everyone has mental health issues in some ways. And again, it's so important to share that, to know that you're not alone, to know that it's not your fault. And career paths and other things in life are not going to always be great. You know, there are going to be challenges and hurdles and and mistakes that we ourselves make and should own. But I truly believe they are all lessons. And that mindset shift is so important. I like to always say to my clients, is the thing that you're worried about now going to matter as much as it does tomorrow? What about in a few weeks? And what about in a few years? And I practice that with myself too. 
perspective matters. Yeah. Um, I had a therapist once when I was going through um, my divorce and he, um, he said to me, he said to me that right now, this story is the story of your life. It's everything. But as time passes and you process your feelings appropriately, um, it becomes a chapter in the book of your life. And then it becomes um, a line in the table of contents. And then it just becomes something that got you to where you are now, which is a much better place. So I like that journey with perspective. It's what you just said, like, um, don't let it consume you or define you. Just think that that you'll be someplace else looking back at that and it'll be minuscule. Mm-hmm. You might even be, if you're like I am, uh, grateful for what you went through to get you where you are. I'm super happily married to this amazing person. We have an amazing son. Wouldn't be here if it weren't for that journey. So I always say win or learn, never lose, mm-hmm. right? Um there's someone I want you to meet that after the show, I'm going to send y'all an email. She too, she she works, she's an editor at TR, Thomson Reuters. And I think the two of you absolutely should meet. I would love for you to publish an article for her. Sure. I'm going to hook you up. If Thank she does, if she, yeah, if she's not keen on that, I have contacts at ALM that I'm going to get them to publish something you've written. I think more lawyers, especially female lawyers, need to hear your journey. Mm-hmm. The woman I want to introduce you to went through the same journey recently, mm-hmm. like left her job at a law firm as a lawyer and is now on the speaker circuit, wants to learn to write a book. You have done all that successfully. I think you two could learn from one another and support one another. And uh, you seem to have, um, again, great perspective. Great perspective. Yeah. I love the way you tell your story. You're genuine about the mental health issues. I have a reluctancy to believe someone when they say they've never had that. It to me means you don't feel, Mm -hmm. right? If you feel, if you have that human condition of feeling, Mm-hmm. then you have had mental struggles before sure. you can't possibly go through life and not be bothered by some experience that you've had or even something you've seen right mm-hmm. not yeah. have been your own well you're amazing you're amazing um i can tell that you have successfully i don't i don't think overcome is the right word here because the kinds of things you addressed are things we will face throughout our lives it's not about overcoming putting it away and moving on with your life it's about managing Mm -hmm. being in it sitting with it there will be challenges that come again how you know it's how you handle it it's not oh this will never happen again you don't know you don't know what will happen you're amazing you're amazing well you're you've been a huge surprise to me I'll tell you I knew about the book I'm going to let you talk a little bit bit more about the book um but before we do that uh I wanted to ask you Everything you've said has been a surprise to me, but what would be a surprise to your husband, your parents, your kids, or people who know you, your circle? Um, what would be a surprising fact about you that maybe they don't know? Well, the jokey answer is that until a couple of years ago, I had a terrible fear of driving um, because oh. I'm, a, I'm a city girl born and raised in New York City. I lived in Philadelphia. I've lived in London and I made the move to the suburbs um, planned but accelerated during the pandemic. And now I drive locally um, and, and people are surprised because, you know, 16 year olds can drive, but yeah. I 
I, I took the subway. I took the bus. I walked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that is funny because um, I grew up in a place where you could back then you could get your license at 15 and we were so hungry mm-hmm. to do that. We couldn't, we couldn't vote. We couldn't drink, but we, boy, we, we could get our licenses. My son is like you. He was raised in San Francisco. So he's in the city. Mm-hmm. He's Bart. He's Uber, Lyft, all the things. <laughs> He never needed to. So he, he would kill me for saying this, but he doesn't listen to the show. So um, <laughs> he didn't get his driver's license till he was 21, like just recently, oh like a God. senior. Yeah, he's a senior. <laughs> I'm like, honey, you're never going to get a date. <laughs> you don't get your license. But I could see how you didn't need that. But yeah, that yeah. is funny. That is funny. I, um, I would imagine most people listening would be surprised by that because they don't use public transit. Many, many right. even cities don't have it. So right, um, right. that's actually you're contributing <laughs> to um, a healthier planet. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> no, that's why. No. That's um, awesome. Everyone has their things. Yeah. And, and you reminded me of going back to your question earlier, how can we support each other? Yeah. Something that I love and feel so lucky um, when it comes to my work is that truly everyone is interesting. Everyone has their, you know, quirks, quote unquote quirks, like the fear of driving or whatever. Um, But they also have so much to offer. And that's why the work that I do is so empowering and inspiring for me to do it. Um, And then it's just, that's also how you can help other women, whatever you have to offer, it's yours. And you can support other people by giving it to them. I that's the best answer I've ever gotten to that question, because you made it. Um, how you love your gift you love the gift of giving to others living in service to others is fulfilling right no one's ever said that I mean I live that I I I enjoy helping others right so um maybe it's sort of selfish you know because that's how I get my thrills is it's living in service to others beautifully put there uh um you know Lauren so I, I, I just love this interview. This has just been so mind blowing. Again, I would hire you as my coach uh, if I had a coach. Um, and, and, you know, people think that coaches don't need coaches. Now I'm not a coach, but I have coached before and said, I'm more of a trainer. That's different. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think everyone needs a coach. I think everyone needs someone to call BS on some mm-hmm. things. Cause again, perspective is everything. You have a different perspective. Well, I know people are going to want to know about your book. So let's talk about the book. Um, who, you know, somebody called you one day and said, hey, let's write a book. What, what, how did this happen? So um, I credit social media, which I don't often do. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the powers, of course, the, the good things that social media is its ability to connect. Um, what happened was an article was released by a woman lawyer talking about how women lawyers didn't prioritize their careers the way they should. They didn't prioritize upward mobility. And there was a lot, as you can imagine, a lot of um, feedback that this was totally untrue, totally unfair, totally not supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's very sexist. Um, and on LinkedIn, um, there were many conversation threads and this woman who's a life coach and a lawyer named Angela Han posted, I'm interested in gathering stories for this. You know, let me know if you want to contribute. And we became a, a team of 23 women lawyers. Some of us still practice 
practice. Some of us don't. And the book is called Women in Law, Discovering the True Meaning of Success. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, et cetera. And we each wrote a chapter there. I will speak on, on all of our behalf. They're amazing. These women are amazing. Their stories are amazing. Um, and we, it was published in March, 2022. And since then we've been going on various speaking um, events. We just spoke at a bar association. We're speaking at the minority corporate councils conference in October. And for me personally, not only was it an amazing opportunity to tell my story, but also to connect with my co-authors who are, as you can tell, I think they're fabulous. And with our readers and the audience members at these events, um, you know, I got messages following our Bar Association talk the other day, uh, thanking me for giving them just advice as you embark on a legal career, as a career, as a mother, et cetera. Um, and things like, you know, sentences saying, I, I needed to hear this today. And thank you for validating my feelings. Those go so far and I really appreciate them. And so it's been a wonderful experience. Wonderful. I know her, by the way. She is great. <clears throat> I, I'm not sure. I was trying to rack my brain to think, did I interview her? But she is definitely great. She's the voice of so many and she allows for others to share their own voices. So yeah, she's got a huge following. Mm -hmm. um, I am so pleased to hear that people are saying thank you to you for what you're doing. Oftentimes people go, oh, that was amazing. And they walk away. Mm. Right? Don't forget to give feedback and say thank you. Um, you know, the receiver makes meaning of the message regardless of the sender's intent. So when you confirm that you understood her message and the way she meant it to be understood, that's communication. And that, and that makes you the speaker and the author feel great, right? You want to do more. What you're doing inadvertently is permissioning other women to be authentic and to tell their stories. And that that's where we are connected. That's what I do with my own stage talks and my podcast. So I know we're not done. I know the podcast is over, but you and I, my friend, are not done. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's so much I'm thinking we could do. And um, you know, people I want to introduce you to, you probably know a lot of the same folks. My whole network's been legal for probably 30 years. Well, let me not date myself. Okay. Date years. yourself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably 30 years. But um, yeah, like, you know, you're over, in, are you still over in New York? I'm in, yes, I am yeah. outside New York okay. City, but yeah. I'm in New York. Well, the girlfriend I was mentioning is in New Jersey. So you two yeah. should get together for coffee. Yeah. I'm over in California. Um, I'll probably live in California the rest of my days. Um, but I'd love to get you out here and sort of, you know, market your message because it's one of love. And it's, you know, to me, there are only two messages, one of fear and one of love. You mm -hmm. can choose to speak fear. You can choose to speak love. You definitely speak love. So um I want to amplify that message as many ways and in, in, in many places as possible. So thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you want to say before you go? I'm going to put your contact information. I'm going to put a picture to, of the book and a link to buy the book in the blog that I'll write. And then I embed the podcast into that blog and I share it on LinkedIn and tag you, and then you can share it with your network. Thank you. No, I want to thank you and, and likewise say how 
wonderful it is to connect and your energy is amazing. I knew it the minute we spoke over email, I think I said to you, I love your energy. Um, and, and I think us connecting, who knows what business opportunities will come, but certainly a friendship, a respect, a support for each other. And I hope your audience feels it as well. And that's why it is so important to, to share, to connect and to empower other women. So thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. And folks, you know, some of my guests are more approachable than others. I think that Lauren has made herself available to you. Like when I put her email and her website and her book out there on the blog, that's an invitation for you to connect with her. And she clearly is a woman who welcomes that. So don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. I know I am. So, all right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.